Annapolis at a hotel up here. So we're going to be doing it from here today. So I won't have any emails or anything, but uh, we will go from here. I'm just making sure that this is coming up on my live stream. Very good. So again, let's at a hotel uh -oh. up here. I'm so turn this we're going to be doing it from here. There you go. Okay. Well, welcome the three of you. I <laughs> see yeah, I said I wouldn't be on or I might be on. I didn't know if I was going to be on or off this week. So I'm on because I have the time. Um, so why don't we pray? In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. Jesus, thank you for being present in our lives. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for holding us, for protecting us, and for leading us. Jesus, Help us to always do your will, to only do your will, to live for you and for you alone, to show the world that you are alive inside of us, that we would fully surrender our hearts and our lives to you, that we would no longer live, but you, Jesus, would live inside of us. We beg you these things, Lord Jesus, in your most holy name, amen. Mary, Mother of Jesus, Pray for us. Good Saint Joseph, pray for us. In the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Okay, well, welcome to Anchored in Hope with Father Larry Richards. I am Father Larry Richards, as most of you know. Um, we come together once a week, and right now we sit there and we focus on uh, just answering questions, whatever questions you would have, and just put them in the... Um, uh, live chat thing and I'll get to them as they come. And they're the only questions I'm gonna to have today is what you ask, because I don't have any emails again since I am in uh, Minneapolis, St. Paul. I'm speaking tonight to a bunch of men, um, 250 guys that are up here and I uh, leave. I just got here a couple hours ago and I'll be leaving in the morning and head back to, to Pittsburgh and then drive up to Erie. So as always, I thank you for all your prayers and I'm very excited about being here. I just come off um, having lunch with two great guys, um, and I hardly could eat because they kept asking me questions. And so I did more talking than I did eating, but that was okay, <laughs> you know, it's, it's fine. And tonight I just found out that Matthew Burke, I don't know, I think he played in football or something. He, you know, he keeps pulling out like his, his um, Super Bowl ring, like, ooh, but he's going to introduce me tonight, so <laughs> he's a good guy, and I love picking on him, and not everyone can take me picking on him, so I got to, uh, I got to always watch that, but we talk about hope here, and about uh, what the Lord's calling us to hope, and uh, we just, uh, today is Mary Teresa's birthday, Mary Therese Craig, she has been my, uh, executive director of The Reason for Our Hope. Uh, she's the reason that we've been doing this. She's been fantastic. Uh, today's her birthday. She turned 65, and she's retiring in two weeks. Uh, I'll tell you. But anyway, uh, she's done a fantastic job, and now uh, she's going to retire. And we just hired another person. Her name is Mo Traybold, and uh, they'll be working together for the next two weeks, and then Mo is going to take over, and I'm very excited. She's also a parishioner, fantastic woman too. It's going to be um, hopefully a seamless uh, transition, and so hopefully part of the things that we're going to be moving on is finally getting this podcast more professional and more of a where I interview people. And again, part of uh, the new podcast will be is that uh, we'll have once a month like we're doing here where you can ask questions and that. But I wanna deal with people from all over the world, uh, famous people, not famous people, but just ask them where is their hope? And we'll be doing that like in 15 minute segments because let's be real, to sit down and watch an hour long podcast for most people is just too much. So if we do uh, 15 minutes uh, so people can do that and be part of it, I think that'd be fantastic. Um, and so that's, that's part of we are, where we are going. And so uh, I just ask you to continue to pray for us that uh, 
Um, again, we only have one purpose, right? Is to do the holy will of God. So if it's God's holy will, then that's what we shall do. And uh, I'm excited. I'm also excited you're going to be able to uh, uh, download it here very soon. But we have Hope TV. Um, and it's going to, the new app that's coming out here, it's already out. I have it. Uh, as we get, uh, as it's called Hope TV, it's uh, an app you can just put, uh, I think, if you put the Reason for Our Hope or Hope TV in uh, the app thing, you'll be able to pick it up. It's not fully uh, active yet, but it's going to be fine. You know, but it has every single one of my talks, all my homilies, every single talk I've ever given on CDs, not on CDs, on TV, everything, and other people's talks, not just my talks, 100% free. Because I've always been a big one. We don't sell the gospel of Jesus Christ. You know, and so, but what we are going to be is looking for people to help uh, sponsor that, you know, on a monthly basis so that uh, I never have to worry about uh, selling the gospel. And that's the way, you know, when Jesus tells us all, to go and make disciples. Uh, this is one way people who aren't actually going out doing it, they can support people who do. Because again, to do the holy will of God, of course, is God wants everyone to be saved and come to the knowledge of his truth. So we gotta want the same thing, that everyone be saved and come to the knowledge of his truth. Okay, so let's get right in here. I don't know what happened to my, it's not seemed to be working. Oh, there you go. Anyway, so let's go on and let's start answering some of the questions here. Father, can you explain Jesus calling himself the son of man as well as the son of God? But I get that part. <laughs> the son of man is the, uh, remember Jesus Christ is 100% man, 100% uh, God at the same time. So the son of man is that uh, he's the man, God. So he's all of humanity. He's the son of man because he was born of the Virgin Mary. So he's son of man and son of God, son of God. So we call that union the hypostatic union. Huh? That God is 100% man and 100% man, uh, woman, yeah, woman. Okay, for those who want to call me a heretic, you can for that thing. 100% God and 100% man at the same time. And so that's why he takes both titles upon himself. Okay? And again, if you want a more scholarly, because I'm not the most scholarly person, as we all know now, but we uh, uh, just, you Google it and say, why do they call Jesus the Son of Man? And you'll get a much more scholarly answer than what I just gave you. Okay. So I have my phone here, which I'm recording on, and I have my iPad over here, which all the questions are coming on. So you'll be seeing me going back and forth like this. Sorry. So let's go on here. Thanks, Steve, for thanking me. I hope that I'm bringing hope to the world. Sometimes when people look at some of my older stuff, they... <laughs> I just say, is this the same Father Larry Richards? Yeah. Again, hopefully we grow, but we always want to stay strong. Like tonight, I'll be dealing with fathers and sons, so I'll be strong with them. But I'll be strong in getting them to be people and men of hope, to be hope bearers in the world, of preaching truth, be willing to die for truth, but again, to live the holy will of God. And it's interesting because... Um, when the church is fighting so much now and they fight in God's name because everybody thinks they're right and um, the only one that's right of course is Jesus and when we live in Jesus and enter into Christ that's why like I was saying some people are always looking just at dogma or doctrine which are very important but we cling not to dogma we cling not to doctrine we cling to Jesus and Jesus is alive, of course. So we got to make sure that we're clinging to Jesus Christ, not just our interpretation of whatever. So it's important um, because people a lot of times argue about Jesus and arguing about his will that don't know Jesus. 
They have no experience of Jesus. They don't pray, and if they do pray, they're not listening. And again, it's, it's observation. It's not judgment. It's just and my uh, uh, looking at this throughout the years. But it's not either or. It's both and. We need this deep experience of Jesus, and that's what brings us hope. You know that we know how all this ends, people of God. It ends that Jesus has already won. So when we despair and we get crazy over the world and everything else, you know, Jesus promised us in the world you will have trouble. But then he gave us that hope. But be confident because I have overcome the world. So we need to be these hope people, all of us. Huh? And so I just think as I get older, I want to bring... I want to bring Jesus to more and more people. I want them to know the truth about who Jesus is. That Jesus Christ is God and became a man. And he died on the cross to take away our sins. Someone else paid the penalty for us. Someone else paid the penalty for us. And so we got to be grateful. Huh? So... Let's move on. Hi, Father. What's the difference between feeling the effects of alcohol and being drunk? Uh, I can't tell you exactly because it's different for every single person. When, um, um, like, you can, you can feel good. Alcohol's drunkenness, objectively, would be when you've lost control of uh, things. Um, you know, I'm a drink. I drink. I don't drink uh, much usually. My classmates come over. Um, I drink uh, Captain and Diet, yeah. And they go, you know, most priests drink scotch, just so you know. I'm not one of them. I think scotch is disgusting, you know. <laughs> so I like Captain Morgan and uh, Diet Coke. And part of the reason, of course, is because it has no carbs. And as a diabetic, I can't have carbs. But, you know, with my father, my grandfather, a lot of people in my family... Being alcoholics, I always got to watch. So, um, but you can have a drink uh, and relax and without getting drunk. If you're drunk, it means you're you lost control. It leads to other things because your, am your ambitions have gone. So, drunkenness is sinfulness because you've lost control, and you should never lose control. Uh, God should be in control of uh, your mind, your body, your spirit. So, again, but. You know, some people can drink five drinks and not get drunk. Some people can drink a half a drink and get drunk, you know. So you can't just say, but when you lose control, that's when it becomes sinful. Hope that helps. Um, so, Steve, my question, a weird one. Oh, thanks, Steve. What's up with the statue of St. Peter that stands behind you at St. Joe's? Is the paint chipped off his forehead or does it represent something I'm not familiar with? Hmm, I'm not sure what you're talking about, Steve. Uh, might be the way the light hits it. Um, because the way, you, you know, on one side's Peter and the other side's Paul. Paul has a sword and Peter has the keys. But I, there, there's nothing chipped. You know, they have like the, the bald part of his head. Maybe that's just the way the light hits it. Now you're going to make me look, Steve. I hope you're happy. But there, there's, there's nothing... Um, I don't think there better not be anything chipped off his forehead. We just paid to get all those things done. But it might be there's spotlights on them, but it might be the way the spotlights hit them. Cameron Byers. Hi, Cameron. Hi, Father. Hi, Cameron. How are you healing after all that has happened in the past several months? Thank you for asking. Um, I'm getting better. You know, um, last week when uh, Rex died, it was... Uh, not only did Rex die, but my uh, cook died, uh, Mary, who I bury on Saturday. And it was, uh, it was very difficult, you know, especially my mother and everything else. It has been, yeah. and, and it's, it's just, people deal with grief differently, huh? And my grief has been uh, not like a sobbing and a crying, my grief has been more of a, like a numbness, you know, and uh, I had lost just ambition 
you know, of, uh, and, uh, uh, there's things that, uh, got missed and forgotten and I didn't act on. Um, I've never, uh, still, I haven't been able to send like thank you cards for either my birthday, my ordination, or uh, all the people that, um, uh, reached out to me from my mother's death and I hope people understand. I just, uh, it's like over 500 people, uh, that sent me everything and sent so much. And, um, you know, so then that becomes like an overwhelming thing. Like, okay, how am I going to do this? You know? And, um, so that's the type of stuff, but I, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm slowly getting out of my funk. I was, uh, out of my funk and uh, I thought so until Rex died because it was not uh, expected that Rex was going to die. And so everybody tells me, you got to go get a puppy father. I can't get a puppy yet. Uh, my assistant's leaving uh, in a couple weeks and uh, he took care of uh, Rex when I was gone. And I have a seminarian that uh, uh, is only going to be here for another six weeks. And so, and I have trips and that to go on. So and the, the, the couple that used to take care of uh, my dogs, it was so easy because I could go on the road and they would always take the dogs and they were the best, 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 best people in the world. In fact, it was Paul who had to come and actually, um, and I was glad that Paul was around because he was with Rex and Rex stayed in his home for, uh, Rex was 12 and a half and Rex stayed in his home at least uh, 11 years with him, so it was, uh, when Rex, uh, when I put him down, uh, Paul was there with him, and that was, uh, that was very, very good, so uh, I've had a lot of people have been very supportive, so uh, again, if one of you had sent me a letter for any of those things, you never got a response back, I'm working on it, I just gotta uh, get to it, okay? Thanks for asking that question, O'Cameron. Jane says, I thought of you with today's gospel and the Lord's on the Our Father. When is the book coming? I knew someone was going to ask it as I was preaching on it today. <laughs> it's, um, it's kind of been like a God thing, meaning that uh, in my intention, I want to get it done immediately. But like just this, I've changed things again this week. That this book has been, it's taken me 10 years to write it. And, um, and I just think that the, the, when I wrote most of it 10 years ago, it's changed so much because the Lord has just been, uh, like holding me off, if you will, until I get everything in there that he wants to have in there. And, um, so, but hopefully, uh, again, I have all the other stuff to do with, uh, you know, like someone was asking at lunch today, like, how you doing, Father, with this last year? And it has been the craziest year, huh? Because I almost died when I had diabetic ketosis last uh, summer a year ago when I was in the hospital in ICU and everything else because of my fasting and uh, taking that Jardis, and it uh, almost killed me. And then I sat there and I had the uh, kidney stone which was very bad. And of course I had COVID, but it wasn't as bad as everything else. Um, it's just been like, I was talking to my shrink the other day and I just said, I know it's a season of my life as all of us have seasons in our life, but I'll be glad when this season is over, you know, it's time for the, and that's why I know that you just get through it. You know, uh, when Christ was on the cross, he was on a cross for three hours, but he, uh, isn't forever on that cross. He's the resurrected Lord. And when we're going through crosses and we're going through tough times, it's a time. But there's always the hope of the resurrection and the hope of the, the uh, other things in life. So again, everything I've been through is nothing compared to what the people of Ukraine are going through and everything else uh, right now in the world. My hair's kind of crazy. Anyway, so, but uh, God has a plan and we got to stay focused on his plan not ours. So th thank you. Yeah, thanks, Jane. It's coming. Don't worry. It'll be done. Uh, <laughs> I don't know when. Uh, it'll be hopefully soon. 
Hi, Father Larry. My question is, if there is different versions of the chaplet of no, or novena, how do you decide which one is the one to use? Whatever one you like, because um, there's many different prayers and chaplets and novenas, as there are people. I mean, it was a person who wrote that, and so uh, you can even change it. Do you know that? Because make it your prayer, your novena. It doesn't have to be someone else's novena. Again, I often talk about our prayer life has to be personal from you, not just reading what someone else wrote. And uh, I think uh, that's like the greatest thing. So, like, again, like I tell people when they're saying stuff like the Divine Mercy Chaplet, uh, make it personal. Because of a sorrow of passion, have mercy on my dad and on the whole world. Because of a sorrow of passion, have mercy on my mother and on the whole world. Because of a sorrow of passion, whatever. I just think that's really one of the best ways to do it. So it doesn't matter. Go what novena you like or what prayers you like. Okay? Never get tired of listening to Father Larry. Oh, glad you don't get tired of listening. I get tired of talking and I get tired of listening. You know, it's so funny because uh, I was talking, I was driving somewhere and I turned on the Catholic station there, and one of my old talks came up, and I didn't know, I didn't recognize me. Can you imagine? And I'm thinking, who the heck is this guy screaming? <laughs> I realized it was me, and I go, oh, I, I, I can see why people uh, don't want to hear that kind of stuff. Oh, I was like, oh, geez. So thank you for saying that, Jellyfish. Harry, how are you? Um, from France, yes, I always, but Harry, it sounds like you're not from France. Are you, for some reason, are you from Australia? And then uh, you're over in France? What's going on with you? You're an enigma. And I've been trying to figure that out when I see you here on uh, on Wednesday, Thursday. So uh, tell us where you're from, Harry, on the chat. I want to know. Anyway, Sunshine87. Also, is it acceptable to take your phone in confession if you have sins that you want to confess on it? For everyone else but me, you know, I hate when people pull out that phone. <laughs> I go, listen, it's a relationship. Let's talk about your sins or we can go through the questions and then continue because that way you get all your sins out because people are always concerned to make a good confession. That's why I do the questions. And again, like with me, uh, for those of you who don't know, oh, an Englishman living in France, okay. Englishmen, Australian, they're all the same, huh? <laughs> Sorry, Harry. Anyway, <coughs> the reality is, um, I forgot what I was saying here. Um, oh, that like, so with me, I have the questions. So, so the questions are, I just go through the commandments so people make good confessions, especially for people who have been away from the church in a while. So we just go through the commandments. So someone comes in with me, I'll say, are you, Cal, are you married or single? Because there's two different sets of questions. And then I'll just sit there and go through with them. And all I have to do is say yes or no. I say, have you prayed every day? Yes or no. Don't explain. We can go back to that at the end, but we want to make sure you confess it. No excuses. Don't tell me why you did or why you didn't or why it's too hard for you. Just acknowledge your sin so that God can forgive your sin. If you, when you go to confession, if you uh, make excuses, then you're not taking responsibility for your sin. You are making an excuse for it. So, uh, you have to take responsibility for your sins. So I never let people explain about, uh, well, I was having a bad day. Uh -uh. You sin, go over it, repent, let's move on. So have you prayed every day? Have you used God's holy name in vain? Have you missed mass? Have you dishonored your parents? Have you got angry? Have you hurt others with your words? Have you made fun of others? Have you had an abortion? Have you helped someone have an abortion? Have you had impure thoughts, impure actions with yourself? Uh, oral sex to another. Uh, intercourse with another, sex with someone uh, of the same sex. Have you looked at pornography? Have you lied? Have you cheated? Have you stolen? Have you gossiped? Have you been jealous? Have you got drunk? Have you got high? Have you been judgmental? Have you been proud? Do you consistently take care of the poor? Is there anything else? Now, the reason I do that is to, uh, so people can have a chance to really confess things. Sometimes people come to confession and they think... Uh, 
they don't confess the most important things, right? Or they're afraid of confessing sexual sins or whatever. So this way they can just say, yes, acknowledge it. So then we can deal with it if they want to. I don't go back and say, let's go back and talk about your sexual stuff. Uh -uh. If they want to talk about it. I'm here to forgive them and give them advice if they ask for it and if to help them to be holy. But again, as I often say to people, I and rarely, like, I can't tell you, if, if I hear, let's say, objectively, 100 confessions, and if when I ask the question, do you consistently take care of the poor? Out of 100 people, how many people do you think do consistently take care of the poor? About five. And yet, Jesus explicitly says, the only time Jesus explicitly says who goes to heaven or hell, Jesus doesn't explicitly say that uh, if you have dirty thoughts or you're impure, you're going to hell. Paul says that later. But Jesus says, get out of my sight, you condemned into the everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels. Why? Because I was hungry and you gave me no food. Now, for salvation, you must take care of the poor. It's the sin of omission that damns us to eternal damnation. Huh? According to Jesus, who's the judge of the living and the dead. So there's all these people who come to confession all the time, and when I say, do you consistently take care of the poor, they say no. So 95 people out of 100, sometimes it's different, of course. Uh, that's not even that big concern of theirs. But like I say, it should be your biggest concern because that's Jesus' concern, huh? And if that's Jesus' concern, it gotta be your concern, okay? So, just so again, but you make sure you confess everything and you do uh, best you can there. Okay, I uh, lost some stuff. Okay. Mary Claire Dempsey. Father Larry, hi, good afternoon, exciting plans. Wondering your thoughts and the three-year revival of the U.S. Eucharistic, uh, USA Eucharistic Revival. I think it's the greatest thing ever. Uh, even other parishioners that think I didn't do enough on it. And I go, excuse me, for 18 years, we're the only church in the whole diocese of area, perpetual adoration. We've had more than the three-year, you know, excitement. Everybody's getting excited now, which is important. But uh, he says, um, too many people want to walk and processions and do uh, Corpus Christi processions. It fills their pride too about what they're doing. And look, we're going against the world. But to me, that doesn't mean nearly as much as people committing themselves to an hour a week with Jesus Christ. So if we're going to talk about Eucharistic uh, amazement and these three years, then I believe the adoration needs to grow in people if they ex ex get excited about it, they must commit themselves to an hour a week. Again, too often in the church, we get excited about things and we, we do extra programs, but we forget about the day in, day out stuff. Holy hour, once a week, period. So that would be my thing. Like, okay, in three years, this is what you all need to be doing. Everybody do a holy hour once a week. Everybody can do it, but will you? And the answer is no, because you'd think you're too busy. But again, if I was to sit there and say, if you do it for one year, you spend a holy hour with Jesus once a week for one hour, I'll give you a million dollars. Would you do it? And everybody who's listening would do it. They'd do anything for a million dollars. And you'd say, Father, is the only thing I have to do is spend an hour in prayer in front of the Blessed Sacrament once a week? That's all you got to do. And you'll give me a million dollars? Yes. Well, okay, I'll do that. And why won't you do it for Jesus Christ? So I'm excited, but every time we do programs in the church, and oh yes, I'm saying it must be lived every day in your life. It can't be just something we celebrate uh, and get all prideful about like, look what we have. Jesus waits for you and me every day in the most blessed sacrament. So I just spent an hour with him. I said mass and that here. In fact, in this hotel room, Jesus is present right now at this very, very moment because so I can do my holy hours. So I have kept him here and he'll be with me until tomorrow. So I have Jesus in a tabernacle here uh, so I can do my prayer. Jesus is the most important thing. And so I'm excited about it, but yes, 
But when people start spending time with Jesus, at least an hour a week, I'll be ecstatic about it. And guess who else will be? Jesus. He loves us so much and he wants us to be with him. And too many people think all I have to do is go to mass on Sunday and that makes me a good person. You gotta be in a daily relationship with Jesus Christ, okay? So hopefully that helps, but yes, I'm very excited. It's exciting. Our Hope TV is fantastic and free. Been watching, listening for a few days now. Thanks for all that put it together. It's been, yeah, thank, thank you, Steve. We really need to get that out. In adoration, I got to hear Jesus in my heart say my name for the first time. Great, blessed be God. That's the greatest thing is when you hear God speaking your name. Absolutely, positively. He said my name. That's when everything began with me too, when I heard Jesus speak my name in prayer. Have you heard Jesus speak your name in prayer yet? The only way that's gonna happen is you spending time with him. And then you're gonna have to shut up because again, if the only thing you're doing is praying prayers, it's not enough. You need to listen to Jesus and he will speak your name and he will tell you his holy will. And then you can live it. Instead of telling him what you want of him by saying specific prayers, you sit there in silence so you can do what he wants of you. Okay? Good. Okay. You would have enjoyed our celebration day after Mass. We process the Blessed Sacrament through the village of St. Michael in Breen. A beautiful morning. Because uh, you celebrate... Uh, Corpus Christi today. We in the States don't celebrate Corpus Christi until Sunday. Uh, they moved it because it's such a big feast that they wanted to put it on Sunday instead of Thursday. But most of the world uh, still do Thursday. So um, that's why you got to do that today. Fantastic. Um, Carmen, thanks for focusing on it's not about me. I noticed that when I'm angry, frustrated, impatient, the focus is on me. When I can refocus on others, not always successfully, but it helps tremendously, exactly. Um, so much, and there was another uh, question here I thought I saw. Must be down, Father. Yes, like I say, they all talk about, that's my, that's my theme, it's not about me, and then sometimes I think, Boy, I, I make it about me all the time. That's so I'm preaching to myself is what happens. So in case anybody out there sits here and says, well, Father makes it about him uh, sometimes, you are correct. And I need to repent more. Here we go. Hi, Father Larry. How did the town hall go? It went fantastic. We had a big town hall meeting about where the future's going, and we had over 180-some people. And what we did was that in that hour and about 15 minutes, I put the blessed, I did a little bit of a scripture verse. I put the blessed sacrament out and I asked everybody and uh, there we sat in silence before Jesus and the blessed sacrament. And I asked everybody to listen. And then we listened. Me too, I now at the back of the uh, gym. And then I sat there and we put everybody in groups and says, that for them to write down, you know, discuss about what the Lord said to them about the future of our parish. And then after about 15, 20 minutes with that, then we had them report to the whole community. And I wrote everything down. I filled a whole um, three parts. I filled a uh, whiteboard up, a big whiteboard. And that was fantastic. And uh, so now we're in the process. I gave everybody the sheet of paper and I asked them to answer the questions and to turn them in. So I'm slowly getting all the questions in. And I can't wait because there's such great ideas. Because I said, this isn't about being negative about what we haven't done right. And this isn't about looking at the past. It's about where is Jesus calling us to in the future? And again, I said to them, as I say all the time, as I've said 50 times already, I think today, we have one purpose as a church, as a community, to do God's holy will. So we must make sure that we're listening to him uh, so we can do what he wants us to do. And so some fantastic, I was, I was afraid that we'd have like 10 people would show up. And so we had a packed, packed uh, gym. I was so excited, so happy that uh, they care and they care about the future. And so does God. So I'm very excited about where God is leading us as a community. We have a statue of St. Stephen with a rock on his forehead. 
I don't know, Harry, where they got that one. Oh, because he was stoned to death. I get it. There you go. Did you ever get a new cleaning person? No. I still haven't got a new cleaning person um, at the rectory. And uh, so I, I, yesterday I was late for morning mass because I got up to my whole yard and uh, worked out. And then I had to go do my laundry. So I was still folding my laundry. And it was one minute before seven o'clock and I had to do my <laughs> run up. I said, sorry. Um, but I'm not good at it. Like here, I just brought, uh, I had to pull out the, I, I, uh, when I got to the hotel last night in Pittsburgh, I start ironing, but the iron didn't get hot enough. And so I wore these pants today that were wrinkly. And I'm thinking, oh, I look like a bum. And uh, so I came up here and I um, ironed them again. But then I end up with two seams on my pants. You know, like there's, you're not the front and the back. That would be nice. But like a double seam. So I, uh, I just don't, I don't, I don't do it well. Um, so please pray that still someone can get in um, and do cleaning at the house. It's so, uh, it's so important. The problem is people get that, because uh, I have a, an old German three-floor rectory. Um, and so just to keep up with it, it's a lot of work. So, but keep praying. Thank you for praying for that. Uh, uh, again, God's will, if he wants me to look like a bum all the time and do my own laundry, that's fine too. <laughs> Most people in the world do it. So, uh my friend said that none of the New Testament was written by the apostles while they were alive. My research tells me that there is evidence for both positions. What do you say? They didn't write the, well, we know John did because uh, when not the, uh, whether he wrote the uh, Gospel of John, we don't know, but we know he wrote Revelation. Uh, and Paul wrote the letters, most of the New Testament. Uh, most scholars uh, believe, and again, debates, that they expected Jesus Christ to come next week. And so they didn't write anything down. And um, that's why St. Peter in his letter would say, you know, a thousand years is like a day, and a day is like a thousand years for God. So we don't know when he's coming back. They thought, so they didn't write anything down. That's why they could go sell all that they had, because they thought Jesus was coming back next week. It's going to be fine. And then we didn't come back. Um, they said, okay, we better start writing things down. And so traditionally, the first uh, was Mark's gospel was written, and he did it from the Q source. Now, the Q source is the, when, is the source that it seems Matthew, Mark, and Luke, the synoptic gospels, which means from the one eye, uh, wrote most of their uh, stuff from. So it was either they that wrote it or the community of them who wrote it. But the whole point of all this stuff is the Holy Spirit wrote it, you know, but that's why the Gospels are different because you you um, you get a different look or you get the John's Gospel, which is not, uh, it's a high Christolo Christology. You know, the other ones start with Jesus in the desert or different things are being born. John's Gospel, which was not written until after 90 AD, says uh, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God and the Word was God. So again, whether John himself wrote that or whether the community of the beloved disciple wrote that, but they got it from the oral tradition because there wasn't a lot of, there wasn't pens and paper in those days. Paper or papyrus or a parchment was hard to get, you know, and so, but people would memorize things and they would pass it on from oral generation. Again, we're not an oral generation people, so it's hard for us to get this, but this is just the way life was in those days. And then after the apostles started dying, they says, we better write these things down. And so from that, and it was not just like the 27 books of the Old Testament that we have, there was hundreds of books. And that's why the church in 390 AD, more than that, but just for simplicity's sake, said only these 27 books of the Bible, are all these 27 books are inspired by God. But there's other ones. There's one called the Gospel of Mary, the Gospel of Peter, the Gospel of Thomas, the infancy narratives of Thomas. There is uh, uh, all kinds. And they said, see, and it, but the church had to decide what was authentic and what wasn't. But they find these all the time. You know, these, uh, oh, look, we found a new gospel. Could be. But it was the church. That's why you can't take the church and the Bible and separate it because it's one. It was the church who said, this is the holy word of God. 
you know? And that was until 390 AD. That's why when people don't believe in the real presence of the Blessed Sacrament, I say, if you don't believe in the real presence of the Blessed Sacrament, you should just throw away your Bible because the same church that said Christ was present in the Eucharist much earlier than 390 AD is the same one that said the Bible is the inspired word of God. So if they were wrong about the Eucharist, they were much had to be wrong about the Bible too. So just so you know, but yes, um, it's, it's, it's an interesting history how we began. Okay, afternoon, hi, Margaret. Get a cat. <laughs> I had a cat. I had a cat named Barabbas. Why did I name Barabbas? Because that was my guardian angel's name, so I named them, but uh, they could have cared less. I just like, when I come home and I'm on a trip, there's nothing like having a dog waiting for you. And I don't like the little dogs. I like, you know, like Rottweilers. My next one, God willing, will be a Rottweiler. And, um, and people will think, oh, they're mean. Oh, my... My, every one of my rots have been so gentle, so good. Um, yeah, and I need one I can wrestle with. I'm, I'm a physical person when it comes to that kind of stuff. I love to wrestle with my dogs, to fight with them and all that kind of stuff. So uh, that's how we go. Okay. So, Tom. Hi, Tom. Father Larry. What do you do? What do you suggest for anxiety? I'm now working in a new job and I'm anxious that I might lose the position. I was employed, unemployed for a year. The best thing to do, Tom, in my opinion, is to uh, just say, Jesus, I trust in you. And if, you, if you're seeking God's will, then even if he got you another job, it'd be fine because you just want to do God's will. Um, and I already saw Cameron. Yeah, yeah. I, I'll tell you later about how to find out your guardian angel's name. Don't worry. So anyway, so uh, uh, just if you're saying, I want your will in my life, then he's going to take care of you um, no matter what. So when you get anxious, that means that you're trying to be in control. You got to let Jesus be in control of your life. So Jesus, I trust in you. Every time you're anxious, Jesus, I trust in you. Jesus, I trust in you. Jesus, I trust in you. And that'll help. Okay. Um, Chris, you pagan. Oh, nice and hot here in Pittsburgh, by the way, 91. I was there last night. Uh, probably humid. I hate it. You probably would love it. Uh, I, it was hot yesterday in Erie, too. So um, I, 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 I do like, uh, I don't mind heat. I'd, I'd rather like heat than uh, cold. Englishman living in France. Very good, Harry. Now we know. There's someone else who uh, writes to us, and she's from... Uh, I think it's Kat, who's, uh, who lives in uh, Lourdes. And so she's always lighting candles for us in Lourdes. And she always has some great things to say. Uh, and it was Kat, come to think of it, that sent, uh, uh, again, three pictures of my mother. In night, or four pictures uh, of my mother and us. I have them all over in nice silver frames. I got them, Kat, again, I haven't done anything with thank yous, but uh, that was very touching. Um, and they're all up in my, in my room at my house. So, uh, and the ones I have in my private chapel, uh, my mother just sitting there uh, looking at me as I pray. So thank you very much. Kat, if you're, if you, I, I don't see you on here, so if you watch it later, which usually you do. Okay, pray, eat healthy, die, exercise, rest, and do good. That's true, too. Hi, Father Larry. I have plans to make a cooking YouTube channel, hence my username, Lawrence of Las Vegas. What is your favorite dish food so I can make it on that channel? Oh, Lawrence. My favorite dish is I love turkey and stuffing and mashed potatoes and then fried stuffing after. Oh, yeah, it's the best thing. Also, one of the best things I got just these last couple of years, I've always liked gnocchi. And I've always had gnocchi at red sauce. But have you anybody ever fried gnocchi? It's fantastic. You just take the gnocchi, you can buy skillet gnocchi, um, or you can make it, and you just put a lot of butter in a pan, and you throw that gnocchi in, made out of potato, of course, and you just get it to it's brown and crunchy on all sides. <laughs> oh my gosh. Does everybody notice I'm a diabetic and these are things I shouldn't be eating? Uh, I don't eat them much, but... Oh, 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 they're so good. So good. I said, God gives us, uh, he wants us to enjoy life. He didn't give us life just to have us suffer. That would be a pretty awful God. 
He gave us a life to enjoy life. There's suffering in it because when you love, you suffer, but that's not the point of life. Uh, sorry. Okay. Good job, Lawrence. Hi, Father Larry. Thanks for your post on my Facebook. It makes me feel more relaxed every day. Uh, thank you. Uh, hopefully, every night's always the nice one. How do you know that you are constantly, consistently taking care of the poor? I always feel if you give 10% of your income, you're doing uh, what God's asking you to do uh, off the top. And then whatever else you'll know when he, when, he, uh, when he asks you to. But like with me, I have to make sure, okay, I'm giving 10%. Uh, Ten percent would be uh, better. Okay, as you do that, then the rest of it's good. Hi, all. Mary Claire Dempsey. Amen. Loving Jesus. Thank you, Father, for their insight and Eucharistic adoration. I agree. Good. You're all welcome to my channel. Okay. Um, by the way, bishops are in San Diego this weekend, and Bishop Parks of Saint Petersburg is on the men, but it will be a long recovery. His leg was amputated. Oh my gosh, due to a long time infection. That's a shame. Um, He's a good guy, big guy, uh, but a great guy. And my bishop and uh, my good friend, uh, who's down in, he's the, he was the auxiliary in uh, San Diego, but now he's gonna be the Bishop of Phoenix. And that is an unbelievable reality. John Dolan, he's a good, 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 holy man, orthodox man. Um, so I'm excited for him. I think he might get, they might think because he's very pastoral, he might get some blowback, but I hope not because he cares about people. He loves people and he loves Jesus. And that's, I'm just so excited. I'm going down there. I'll be down in Phoenix, uh, August 2nd. He's going to be installed as bishop. So I will uh, be there, God willing. Who the heck wants to go to uh, Phoenix in August? I'm going to be there next weekend and then a month later. I'm out of my mind. But anyway, uh, pray for Bishop John Dolan. He's going to be a fantastic bishop. Uh, he already is, but now will be an ordinary. And Phoenix is the fifth biggest city in the United States. Did you know that? That's fantastic. Anyway, Harry, I was one of those, one of those four carrying the dayless canopy over the priest. I know what that is. Not sure if I have sunburn or the effect of being so close so long to the Blessed Sacrament. Both ways are perfect, Harry. Hi, Father, what would you answer those who are facing Christ? And Hi, Father, what would you answer to those who's facing Christ in their life? Like lost, loved, one, or abused relationship, if they would ask, where is God when they need him most? If you ever read, I forget which book it is, uh, um, but it says they were at the concentration camps and they were killing a young boy, hanging him. And one of the people said in the crowd, where is your God? Where is God? As they killed that young boy. And the man responded, he's the same place he was when Jesus was killed, right there. Um, again, if we just look at life from this point of view, life is bad. We need to always look at life from the eternal. Meaning when I say life is bad, it's, it's, it's you know, there's a lot of suffering, a lot of pain. There's, you know, babies that die. There's babies that are aborted in their mother's womb. Where is God? Why doesn't, uh, like again, one of my big struggles is why doesn't God take out uh, the president of uh, Russia? He's killing children and women. Why doesn't God just take him out? And that's always been, you know, one of my things, I'm sure with so many of us, that uh, God can do anything. He can stop this. But he chooses not to because of free will is the traditional answer for this. But sometimes I still think, uh, well, good. Let him free will himself into something. But uh, people got to stop killing people here in God's name or in their name or in their country's name. Um, we got to start living God's will and live in God, period. My cat goes crazy when I come home. Hello, oh, yeah, yeah. He actually loves people. Only cat was happy locked down two years ago. There you go. Okay. Sorry, I'm getting pop-ups on this uh, stuff here. 
Thank you, honey. Thank you, Father Larry. Still listening to your CDs you made eight years ago. They're all on the I Hope TV now. You can get them for free. Nothing. I'm not. I don't want to again sell anything um, for talks. Uh, we still have a bunch of CDs we're putting on sale to get rid of them, so you can say. But how many people still have CDs or even DVDs? But we're still doing it. Okay. I am 77, Joanna, and I hear the Holy Spirit speaking to me. Of course, I am silent to hear the will of God, but I am not hearing what his will is for me. Is it a sin to hate all the evil people in the world? So many. Yeah, remember yesterday in the gospel, Jesus says what? Love your enemies. Isn't it hard? And I, we just ignore when Jesus says stuff like that. But... Um, yeah, we're called to love our enemies. We, like I always say to people, we know we're getting close to what it is to be a follower of Christ is when we, we pray and hope that the person we hate the most on the earth gets to sit next to us forever in heaven. Ugh. But they'll be redeemed and we'll be redeemed. So there'll be peace. Everybody we hate, God loves. Really loves. And so it's just hard uh, for us. So sometimes it's saying, Lord... I can't love these people, but you can. Love them through me. Hmm. Okay, Father Larry, please tell us a story of your garden angel saving your life when you were a little boy. Yes, well, again, I was told by my spirits director and they said I was on EWTN once and I caused a, a major meltdown of the network because I told people like when I was a young seminarian, my spirits director told me to name my guardian angel. Find out, the, not name it, but find out the name of my guardian angel. And I said, well, how am I going to do that, Pete? And he says, you go and you sit before Jesus, you open the Bible and say, reveal to be the name of my guardian angel. And um, so I opened up the Bible in front of the Blessed Sacrament, and it says, we want Barabbas. And I said, figures I'd have a guardian angel's name is Barabbas. But then uh, one of the uh, congregations in Rome said you're not allowed to do that so I had to do a retraction and everything else but you know how they knew that because mother Angelica told people how to do that and when she said it she started an uproar and then I did the same thing but again uh, people are I just I because they wanted me to do it the next day at mass or at a, at a thing that like absolutely not I'll bring it up later, but I'm not going to make this such a big issue. Well, what if you'd open it up and say, it, uh, Satan or Beelzebub? I said, well, I'd keep going. But still, you know, um, people get crazy over crazy things. But when I was a kid, I was on um, at my grandmother's house, and it was on a busy street. But anyway, um, I was going across the street, run across the street without doing anything. And all of a sudden, I felt... Someone grabbed my belt and pulled me back, and a car just came up and would have killed me. And I turned around, and there was nobody there. And I said, uh, who pulled me back? They said, no one pulled you back. I said, somebody pulled me back. That's so my grandmother again, she says, that was your guardian angel. And I always firmly believe that because it was grabbing me and pulling me back. So who else could it be? Anyway, Julia. Nice to hear you from you, and Paul sent me that stuff last week. Hi, Father Larry. We are praying for you. Thank you. Hope your trip is going well. Paul has been listening to your book and keeps telling me how great it is. Good. About time. He's just listening to it now. It's about time. Hopefully. Tell me he has to be a saint now. Um, butter makes everything better. That's my Polish half talking. I love butter, too. Especially, I get the Irish butter. That uh, Oh, it's so good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I sure hope there is food in heaven. Of course there's food in heaven. How do we know there's food in heaven? Because after the resurrection, Jesus said, do you have something to eat? And they gave him a piece of fish, fish, which I hope we have more in fish in heaven. So Jesus ate after the resurrection. So if he ate after the resurrection, as with Jesus, so with us. Yes, there will be food. <laughs> hope it's all good. Hope it's all carbs that I can eat and not uh, get sick over. I'm winning. We love you, Father, and praying for you, dear Father. Thank you, Mark and Lisa from Canada. Yes, thank you, you two. It's good hearing from you, as always. 
Our pastor was just made a Monsignor. Ooh, you know what Monsignor means, don't you? My Lord, my Lord. I think it's very clerical. But anyway, it's like, oh, my Lord. I have a classmate, it's a Monsignor, and I'm thinking, I'm not going to call you my Lord. Thank you very much. I have one, and it's not you. But anyway, it's a big deal for them, so I get excited. Um, my good friend, Bishop Bill Walk, is very pastoral. Yeah, I radiate joy. We need more, like we have great bishops. We do have great bishops. Um, but I always think, I, I told, when I was in Rome years ago, I told the people that were on the bishops committee, I said, no one should be allowed to be a bishop unless they've been a pastor of a parish for 10 years. We need pastoral bishops. We don't need people that sit on their throne and tell everybody what they do because they think they're better. Bishops, priests, popes, none of us are better than any of you. Period. We're the servants of the servants. So when any of us think that we're big stuff, we're not doing God's will because though he was in the form of God, Jesus did not deem equality with God something to be grasped at. Rather, he emptied himself and took the form of a slave. So that's when we're doing God's will, not when we're lifted up and say, now you can call me my Lord or my Your Excellency. And that's all important, but it's, it's secondary. It's just secondary. Uh, oh, if people just said, hey, you are my slave, that would even be better for us, uh, I was going to say us bishops, but us priests and uh, those who are bishops. Okay. Hi, Father. Could your next book be about anger management through our lords, especially for young men? Uh, pray for all young men who struggle with temper. Please guide us. Father, uh, Pollyanna, Father, uh, a good book that's out there is uh, Dr. Ray's book on anger. He has a great Dr. Ray Garendi has a book on anger. I wrote some stuff for it uh, when he put it out. Joseph Bellissimo. Father, I thank you. Thank you for being such a huge influence. Thank you for saying that, Joe. Praise God, Joseph. I was ordained a permanent deacon in the Diocese of Orlando this past Saturday. Good job. Tell Father John, I just he's going with me. We're going down... John Gill, we're going down to see the uh, installation of Bishop uh, on August 2nd. So tell him hi but if you see him. I want to know you have contributed to my, we'll continue to do so. Thank you so much, Joseph, for saying that stuff. Please pray for me as I endeavor to live this vocation and know that we'll be praying for you. Be a saint, exactly. Barabbas could not, it could have been Ahab or Jezebel, that's for sure. Absolutely. Hi, I was confirmed in 17. I went to a monastic retreat when I read your book, Be a Man. In July, I returned there, but this time with my wife for our first anniversary. Good job. Um, again, the purpose of the Be a Man book is that we know who we are and we love the way God loves. So it comes right down to it. Chang, Kathy Myers, I'm truly uh, being through many ups and downs my, from my little boy till now. I'm 53 years old now, dead for three days and still alive since three years ago. Well, there you go. Please pray for my crazy wife. <laughs> yes, become a Jehovah Witness. Oh, dear. Um, preaching, okay. Put her in the Blessed Mother's arms. God can do great thing. I love roses. As a godparent with an adult and teen child children who are not practicing the faith, what is my responsibility as a godparent? That you pray for them, you pray for them, you pray for them. When you pray, do not be like the hypocrites who love to stand and pray in the synagogue. Yes, priests, bishops, popes are responsible at their judgment for everyone who the Lord puts under them. I don't want that either. You got that. Thank you, Father, for all you do, loving us. Thanks, Chris. Thank you. Your guardian angel was under strict orders to save a future priest. You got that correct. Anyway, it's time for me to go. Again, pray for the men I'll speak to tonight in Minneapolis. Uh, I just got a text during this thing that they want to go to dinner at 7.45 tonight. After my talk, 7.45 uh, is 8.45. I'm in bed usually by 8.30, so I'm going to have to tell them to move it up at least 15 minutes. That would be fantastic. So remember, I love you. I pray for all of you every day. Please pray for me. And God willing, I'll see you next week. I'm going to be at Emmaus. All the priests and the bishop from our diocese will be praying and being with together with Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday next week. And then um, I'll stay in Pittsburgh. So I fly out the next morning for Phoenix, and I'll be in Phoenix. So I will not have Mass on Sunday, the live stream Mass at my parish. But again, pray for me. And we will have this next week, and God willing, the following week too. The Lord be with you. 
May Almighty God bless, keep, and protect you. He was Father and Son and Holy Spirit. Amen. God bless you, and let's pray for each other. See you later.